Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing this morning? Are we great? That's great to know. Um, this is our last installment on our faith series, okay? This is week six. And I'm sure some people are like, whoo, this faith journey has been quite a long one, eh? But we thank God that he's just been uprooting certain ways of thinking. And as we've been going through the Bible and just looking at some of the characters and how they relate to us where faith is concerned, it's just been so great to really learn and be strengthened in our faith for God. Because the Bible is clear, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So this morning, we're going to look at faith to go. Faith to go, living out the Great Commission. And so before we start, I just want to pray. Father, we just want to thank you so much this morning. We want to thank you for your word that is living and active. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have called us to be vessels, oh Father God, for your glory, Lord Jesus. And therefore, but Lord, we pray that as your word goes out this morning, you anointed, O oh Father God, it will not return void, but it will accomplish what you send it out to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so faith to, gain, to go. Um, we all know that one of the scriptures that we um, uh, speak about over and over in this church is Matthew 28. Matthew 28 Verse 19, which says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go into all the nations and, 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 and make disciples. I almost said preach the gospel. But make disciples. Yeah? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, yeah? baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've told you. This was what Jesus was telling his disciples just after his resurrection, before his ascension. He commissioned 12 disciples and he said, it is very important that what you have witnessed, what I've taught you, what, I've, what you've seen about me needs to reach the ends of the world. And this, this message, that, uh, or this commission that Jesus gave his disciple about just over 2,000 years ago, has not ended. God is still calling and God is still wanting to send people to go out and make disciples. So the cry of God's heart this morning is what we read in Isaiah 6 verse 8, which says, uh, where Isaiah was, this is now uh, Isaiah saying, what he saw or what he heard after he saw God appearing to him. And it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. God's heart is still for every nation, every tribe, every tongue to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's constantly looking for a people that will rise up and say, here I am, God, send me. As we're praying for the nation, it's great, but there's a time when God says, who will go to this nation? 
Who will go and proclaim the kingdom of God is here? Who will go and share the good news of Jesus Christ who was crucified on the cross that he bled, uh, his blood was for the washing away of, of our sins and his body was pierced for our sicknesses and diseases. And the whole cross, the purpose of the cross was to reconcile man back to God. Who will go and preach this message? It is not an ancient message. It is the central message of Christianity. And it has to continue. If we stop preaching this message, if I am sitting here and I've received the Lord, but I'm not thinking about my family, I'm not thinking about my neighbors, I'm not thinking about the nations, that are in turmoil, that are in darkness, that are suffering because they do not know the love of God, then I have not received the Father's love. You know, I was just so blessed by that song that we were singing this morning, that God will fill us with compassion and kindness for the one, just for the one, to say, God, fill me with love and compassion for the one that I may be able to reach somebody, that I may be able to share your love, that I may be able to present Jesus Christ to them, that they may know that he is still alive today and that he is still wanting to, to reconcile people back to the Father. This is the Father's cry. Remember Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send harvesters into the harvest. The harvest is plenty. And it's, the job is not just to go and make converts. It's one thing to have a crusade and thousands of people come to the front and give their lives to the Lord. But it's something completely different to take those people and teach them to obey teaching them the word of God, laboring, laboring until Christ is formed in them. And this morning, God is calling out to us saying, who will go? Who will go? And my heart is that nobody will be like Jonah, who goes in the opposite direction and say, God send somebody else. But our heart will be, God, here I am, send me. We want to go. So as a movement, even as Bella was praying here, she said, we believe in reaching every single nation. Every nation in our generation must hear of Jesus Christ. We will not stop until we've got an every nation church in every nation in this world. And we always say that we want to plant churches and we, we want to plant campus ministries. One foot in the community and one foot on the university campuses. One foot eh, in community and one foot on the university campuses. That's why we have this, every uh, every, uh, we have this saying that says, every nation, every campus, right? Every nation, every campus. I'm glad that the students are here. They know this. Every nation, every campus. And I know some people may be sitting here thinking, but why campus? 
Why every nation, every campus? Why not every nation, every school? Why not every nation, every, I don't know, yeah? But we say every nation, every campus, because God has given us a mandate. As a movement, he has given us a mandate to reach university campuses, okay? He has given us that mandate. Just go back to the previous slide, please. He has called us as a movement to reach university campuses. This church that we're sitting in right now was planted in 1996 on the University of Namibia campus. Yeah? After a year where there were so many students reached out to about 100 students, gave their lives to the Lord, they said, yes, Lord, I want, I want, I want, I want to serve you. But then the mission team that came from Joburg had nowhere to put these students. And they were like, what are we going to do? We send them to different churches, but how sure are we they're going to be disciples and they're going to grow? We need a church in Namibia. We need to plant a church in Namibia. And Andrew and Carol answered that call to come here from South Africa to plant that church. Okay. The, the movement in Manila was started, started on the university campus. During a time of chaos, riots, and all sorts of things were happening in Manila. But three men birthed in them the, the, the vision, the heart, to plant a campus ministry that will echo into generations, as we see today. And so we don't just do campus ministry because it's fun. We do campus ministry because God has said, you, I have given you the minds of young people and the hearts of young people. Their minds are yours to transform, to teach biblical principles. And their hearts are yours to change. They're yours to reach. God has given this to us. I can think of so many people here that are here today because of campus ministry. I look at my own life and I can say I am who I am today because of campus ministry. I will never forget in 2002 when I stepped, my, I stepped on Rhodes University. And I thank God I had already given my life to the Lord, but he led me to a campus ministry church, campus-focused church, where they were so given to discipling students wholeheartedly, every nation, Grahamstown, that time his people, Grahamstown. And it's because of them that I am who I am today. I can see so many faces. I see Punei, I see Malcolm and Priscilla, I met them in Cape Town. I see Mega, I see Scholar, I see Kelly. Kelly is one of our legends from campus. Yeah? She joined campus ministry, I think you were in your second year, right? Was it first year? Praise God, we reached her in her first year. And on the mission, before all the other things could reach her, we got to her. And she faithfully served in campus ministry and grew and was discipled so much so she loved God and she had such a passion of, for God that when Tuyeni met her, he was like, oh my goodness, I cannot resist this woman, isn't it? And that is what we want to see. Students that are discipled, full of the spirit of God, full of a passion for God, that will go out into society and transform society. Okay? And why do we do campus ministry? There... You can go to the next slide. Campus ministry is so important because let me share a scary st statistic with us. No? 
statistic with everybody that's sitting here today. They say between 50 to 80% of students that came from their homes as Christians or born-again Christians leave the university campus as atheists. They leave either as atheists or lukewarm Christians because there's been so much competing for their faith. There are so many ideologies and philosophies and, and social pressures on our university campuses that can push against our students even into the corner of denying God altogether. And these are things that they're hearing every single day as they're sitting in lectures. So if they only hear the gospel once a week on a Sunday, and they're hearing all sorts of other things the whole week, guess what is stronger? So it's so important for us to reach them before somebody else shapes their minds. And there's just a whole lot of picture of what they can get into. You know, it's, it's evolution. It's, it's, it's the whole thing of tolerance. Yeah? Tolerance in your faith. Christianity is not the one and only true faith. There are other faiths, so respect and allow. Yeah? Students are being get, taught so many things that challenge what they've believed in the Bible. It is such a powerful place. And if, if we don't reach them with the gospel and the word of Jesus, we're allowing the world to disciple these young people and shape them into something completely different. So we want to get them and reach them first. In 2002, when I stepped on, on, on Rhodes University, I was two weeks late. Even missed orientation. But I was invited to a party that I will never forget. Yeah? I was invited to a party. I went there Friday night. It's like you're socializing and meeting all the other people, the same people from your country and all sorts of things. I went to this party and I was like, oh my word. Thank God that he rescued me. I went to the bathroom and the bathtub was full of alcohol. Anybody bottle you could think of. Yeah? People were drinking the whole night, enjoying themselves. I was the only one sitting there sipping on some Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah? And then every now and then people will come and ask, but why are you not drinking? Have something. Don't be boring. Don't be dull. You know? And imagine some students hear this all the time. And before we know it, they become someone completely different. And you know, when you go on campus, it's so easy to form your own identity. You're, you're out of the shadows of your parents. You're, you're out there. Nobody really knows you, especially in first year. You can become your own person. You can create a new person that nobody knows. So it's so important that we reach these students. And there are three main reasons why we do campus ministry. The first one is because it's where our future leaders are. The university campuses right now are a prophetic picture of what the nation will look like in 10 years' time, five years' time. Because all the ideologies, 
the values and the philosophies that are being taught on the campuses today will become the values of a society tomorrow. It's going to happen. Okay? That's why when people want change, they say, let's go to the campus and teach students. When the gay movement started, they lobbied, got a lot of money, sent people to the different campuses to create gay awareness. When they wanted to start the whole discussion about, about abortion in Namibia, where was the debate? Campus. Why? Because if we can reach and win the students over, then we can ma make something happen. The second re reason is that the campus is a window of openness. Yeah? It is a, people between the ages, it has been shown uh, scientifically, people between the ages of 13 and 25 are the easiest people to reach for Jesus. Yeah? After that, it becomes very hard. From 30 up, you will be arguing because somebody has already made up their mind about how life works. You know, you know that saying, they say, you can't teach an, an old dog new tricks. Yeah? Their minds are formed. They are made up. They, they live long enough to be able to, to experience what works and what doesn't. But students are so excited about learning. They want to know. Well, they, they want to understand. They want to be understood. They're hungry to learn. They're hungry to accept. They're open. So it's easier to preach the gospel and get them to know Jesus in that, in that window. That's an open window. Okay? And the last reason is because the campus provides us the world at our doorsteps. I mean, we have had, just in Namibia alone, students coming from Zambia, from Botswana, from Zimbabwe. Some of them are sitting here. I remember Harry. You know? They're all here. There, there they are. You know, some of them, this, um, Ian, and, and a whole lot of Arthur. You know? We reach them here on the campus, and they can go back and take that fire and that passion with them to their nations. Imagine how many Chinese you will find on different campuses of the nations. You reach a Chinese that is coming from a nation where they believe strongly in communism, yeah? and, and a, a three-self church where the government controls the church. You bring them here, you preach the gospel, baptize them in water and the Holy Spirit, and when they go back to China, their lives are, are changed. Yeah? They start a revolution there. So it is, it, is a, it, it is really where we meet a whole lot of diversity. Sometimes you don't even have to go to that nation. Just reach someone from that nation. I was reached. I mean, I was already saved, but I was discipled in South Africa, and I was sent back to Namibia to come and start what I was taught there. You know? So it's, it's, it's so easy to send. Campus is a launching pad. Imagine when we disciple people at a young age to fear God, to love God. We're raising Daniels that know their God that they will be strong and do mighty exploits. They will be like the sons of Isaac that understood the times that they're living in and know exactly what to do. They're not confused and washed away by the waters of this world, but they stand for the purposes of God. They trust God and they know how to think publicly. Yeah. It is a, an amazing thing when God grabs a hold of young people. Not that they go through all this stuff, 
abortion, sexual promiscuity, and drunkenness, and all this stuff, that when you reach them, they're so broken. Now you have to undo what the enemy did for years. You know? Then just starting on a clean slate and laying the foundation strong. And that is what we want to see. That is why we believe in campus ministry. And we want to reach our students. And we say, this message must be on every campus. And I want to call on Selma to give us a feedback of our campuses in Namibia. But before that, I want to play a clip that just shows what we do as a movement, as every nation, while Selma is getting ready to give us a feedback. Morning, church. All right, so it's such a, a responsibility and a privilege that we have to really reach the young people of this nation and the nations of the world. Um, really having that opportunity to start them young, planting a seed of hope in their hearts and releasing them to be agents of change wherever God is leading them. So I am bringing a ministry update and some testimonies from our campus ministry this year. So Every Nation Campus is a global campus movement. Although we act and think and plan and pray here locally, we also see globally. All right? So in the team, in the, in the full-time team with the students, we're constantly asking God, who is the next church planter? Who is the next cross-cultural missionary that we're going to send from here? All right? So it's a global um, campus movement. It is committed to bringing the gospel to the campuses of the world, and we firmly believe that if we change the campus, we will eventually change the family, the nation, and the world. All right? So change the campus. Change the world. All right, so we have three core functions. Like wherever you find an every nation campus, be it in Venduk, so, uh, South Africa, Swaziland, wherever, those are the main three core functions. So it's campus outreach, student discipleship and leadership development. And the picture there in the corner, it's your right, it's in front of me. Anyways, um, I don't know which, oh, my left. Anyway, so these are the people that have actually gone through that. They were reached out on campus, they were disciples on campus, they developed as leaders, and now they have joined us on full-time staff as interns, all right? And Moving on to ministry updates and testimonies. So the first one is a growing team. Through your prayers and financial partners, you have released seven full-time campus missionaries in the campuses of Ventuk. <laughs> and three full-time interns that have joined us on the campus. And we also have young professionals that are serving with us, even uh, community, older people that are also coming alongside us and actually serving, like meeting the students, discipling the students, and opening up their homes for us. Second thing is students' involvement. So we've been praying and really trusting God to just ignite that fire for students in the students' hearts, for our student leaders to actually join us on mission and reach other students because we believe that students are just not the mission field. They're actually our mission force. Like they're the closest contact we have to the students on the campuses. It's in the, they are in their classes, they're in the hostels, wherever they go, 
there is one or two more students with them. So they've been joining us for our orientation week um, missions this past two weeks. And you can see there, there's the mighty Lakshani. She, <laughs> yes, so she was in youth and went now to study in NAST campus. So that is her leading two girls to the Lord this past two weeks in our orientation week missions. Uh, she's busy now in the kids' room. Uh, she's also a kids' minister. Right, and salvation and answered prayer. So we've seen salvation in the two weeks on the campuses as we went out and doing outreach and also answered prayer where we would meet students that couldn't get in the, in the university they wanted to be in or couldn't get in the program they wanted to be in or didn't have enough money or don't have accommodation. So we would pray with them right there in the campus these two weeks and already some of them had written to us and say, hey, thanks for prayer. I got in school, I got accommodation, my finances are sorted. So it has been amazing. Yay. And this is our prayer request on my computer and my phone. I actually have the slides, this is the USB and the cord connecting to my phone. The pictures are not covering the letters, but <laughs> I think my phone is better than that nice computer. Anyways, so... Anyway, so we are trusting God for fruitful follow-up. Like I shared, we had students giving their life to the Lord and students um, indicating that they actually want to be connected in our small group discipleship. So we're praying that as we are following up and we're actually setting up those one-to-one -one meetings, that they would respond and they would really, really show up and then we'll start the discipleship journey with them. And the second thing is the healthy discipleship culture. A healthy discipleship culture, it just means that discipleship becomes natural and a priority among the student. So they do it organically and without actually a leader saying, hey, you need to start discipling someone. So we believe in God for over 168 students that we are discipling now to start discipling somebody else. And then fruitful 10-day mission. There is a picture of us and the team from Pretoria. They came sometime last year. So we've been receiving 10-day missions um, this couple of years, and we believe that it's time for us now to go and be a blessing to other nations. So we have two mission teams coming, going on from our campus this year. One is going to Botswana University of Habalon, and one is going to Open Window Campus in Pretoria. So we're praying that those 10-day mission will be fruitful. So please pray with us. And that ends my ministry update and testimonies from campus. Salma is our campus ministry director. So she's been serving faithfully as a full-time campus missionary, and she's got a team with her. So I want to call up the team. These are full-time campus missionaries. Please come to the front. They're going to introduce themselves. We're going to start here with uh, Brother D. Good morning, church. Uh, <laughs> my name is Dave, or better known as Brother D. <laughs> and uh, I'm the campus missionary on main campus. So, you know main campus. Awesome. And maybe you're thinking, how does it feel to be a campus missionary? 
So we've got a testimony from Shekinah that she's going to share a testimony of what the journey has been like for her being a campus missionary. Okay, um, so I was placed at the Dr. Ake King of Campus last year in July, and I met some ladies, and I started discipling them. I met seven ladies, so I started discipling the seven ladies. And this year, during the whole week, um, I got to see some of them actually step out, reach out to other students, and other students gave their lives to the Lord. And they are now excited to go and disciple the students on this campus. So it's really amazing seeing their commitment to the Lord, their desire to learn. Yes. Amen. Let's give them another round of applause. These are our heroes, guys. They are our heroes because they have laid down their lives to say, God, I am extending my faith to answer the call to go, to reach the campuses of Namibia. Yeah? And we just want to honor and thank them because it's not always easy, you know, but they're stepping out there in faith. They spend a lot of their time preaching the gospel to students, meeting with students to disciple them with a one-to-one, -one, and organizing events where students can really be equipped and can be taught in the ways of the Lord. So we are so grateful to God for that. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, but how did they get there? How did they end up being campus missionaries and answering the call and being a part of campus ministry in this church. How do I actually get to a point where I understand and I know where God wants to send me? How do we do it in this church? Because we're a family. People don't just stand up and say, I believe I'm called, and then they go. We believe in doing things together as a family. And the first place of starting is our gap year program. That is your first step. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, one day I would like to do what they're doing, or maybe not campus ministry, but missions or something else. Where we start is with our gap year. And we call our gap year the end year, every nation discovery program. And this is where you can take a year off just to be part of the church, to serve God and be exposed to as much missions and ministry as possible. We, this is a starting point for equipping for ministry. And this year, I want to thank God because he has blessed us. When the call was going out to say, those who want to do a gap year this year, you know, the, the program is open. Trust God and say, here I am, God send me. So this year, we've got some people in our midst that have answered the call. And I just want to call up those five guys. If you guys would come to the front, you know who you are. All our enders. There's one missing. Bella, come. Yes. These are our enders for this year. These guys... These guys said, yes, I want to give a year to the Lord to use me, to shape me, to mold me, and to send me to the nations. So we're so excited. We have three from campus, as Selma was sharing. I, I just, I'm going to go through their names. We've got the gentleman here, Louis Mukuma. Yeah? And then we have Belinda Dikau. 
no dikua dikua sorry belenda dikua from campus and benedicta leonard they will be our campus missionaries and and then from the dorado side we've got dahafa munashimwe and we have samuel mulunga okay Samuel is officially starting in May because he couldn't start beginning of the year. He has a project to finish at work first before he joins fully. So he will be running from May to May the following year. So this is something that these guys have really decided to. And, and it's something that you have to plan for. You se you're sensing the nudge of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And you're saying, okay, God, how do I prepare myself emotionally? How do I prepare my parents? How do I prepare financially for this? And it's amazing to see students coming directly from school, um, from university into the gap year, but it's even more challenging to find somebody coming from the workplace into a gap year because they, their life has been set. They've been used to having an income. They've been used to living a certain lifestyle, but they're saying, Lord, I'm quitting my job and I want to give a year. This is, this is what it means to pay the price. Okay? This is what it means to pay the price. The things in the kingdom are not always easy. You have to sow what means the most to you. Sometimes with tears. Yeah? But the reward is always greater than what you put down. Because that is the God that we serve. And we're so excited for these guys. And I want to I pray for them in a moment. So, Father, we just thank you for these enders, oh, Father God, that has said yes to your call. We lift them up before you and we say, Lord, will you bless them? Will you protect them? Will you take care of them, oh, Father God, in this year, Lord Jesus? Father, we thank you for accelerated growth. We thank you, Father, for burning fire encounters with you, oh, Father God, to know exactly what it is that you're doing, and how it is that you're leading them, oh, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for that. And I want to say to everybody this morning, support them, encourage them, invite them for meals, and even partner with them financially. Amen. 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 We praise God for that. We praise God for that. Now, Bella, uh, Isabella, when she was praying for the nation, see, she read the scripture in Romans 10 verse 14, which says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them or someone to preach? And how can they preach unless they are saints? There are people that are waiting to hear the gospel. There are thousands of students that are waiting to hear the gospel. There are people in this nation that have a certain understanding of God, but they need to get a true understanding of who God is. And they will never get there unless somebody preaches to them. And people cannot preach unless they are sent. And that's why we believe in sending people. We believe in raising leaders and sending leaders. And I just want to mention, even yesterday, we had a training here, an evangelism training that Mervyn and, and Aunt Katrina organized to train people in how to go out and minister, to preach the gospel, to reach others, to have a compassion for the souls. But this thing 
of going is not going to happen unless we partner. Okay? I love those t-shirts. They say better together, the ones that the, the students are wearing. Yeah? There, there is a partnership that is needed for the nations to hear, for this mission field to be completed. And we have what we call MPD. MPD, Ministry of Partnership Development. Okay? We always ask people to do one of three things. Either you're going to pray, or you're going to go, or you're going to send. And today the focus is on sending. So we want to ask people, please sign up to be a partner, to pray or to give financially. Because people cannot go unless there is a group of people behind them rallying them saying, I will partner with you financially for where you're going. And it is the most amazing thing to be able to be wholeheartedly focused on the work of God. I mean, when we read about Paul, he was a missionary. He was writing to the church and saying, I'm so glad. I can't wait to get to you so that you can fund my, my, my trip to Spain. I can't wait to, to get to you. Thank you for, for collecting the offering to sending me to this nation. When it comes to going to nation, there's money involved, people. And we are not asking that as a movement, as people sitting here, we look at our budgets and we give the leftovers to whatever mission work is. We want ourselves to be a people that prioritizes missions. Where we're saying, God, your kingdom first. Your work first. How can I partner with these campus missionaries? And at the end, you will get an opportunity. There's an information desk where you can sign up to say, yes, I want to partner with uh, either the campus ministry or a campus missionary. And you can give once off. You can partner monthly. You can say, I, I don't really want to partner financially, but I want to invite you guys out for meals once in a while just to refresh you. There are different ways of partnering with people, but we need to get behind these guys. The reason why I was able to stand in ministry is because when I got here, God blessed me with about 40 people, 40 partners that said, Hilma, I'm committed to what you're doing on a monthly basis. I'm committed to you for reaching those students for as long as you need me to commit to you. 40 partners, knowing that there were 40 people behind me, praying for me and giving, me uh, and giving their finances towards, towards me to be sorted, really gave me the grace to be able to focus on the mission and the work that God has for us. So friends, I want to thank those who have already been partnering with our students, with our campus ministry for years, whether it's through prayer and giving. And I want to say, let's not get tired. Let's not get tired. Let's continue. Because as we're giving towards missions, we're giving to God. And God will reward. Let's not get tired. Let's continue to partner. And if you are here sitting and you know somebody that has a passion for young people to be reached, and they've got a company looking for good soil to, to give towards, this is one of those things. So don't be afraid to give referrals. Most of my partners were not even from this church. I mean, I had partners from Jesus Center, from different organizations that were just like, I believe in this mission field. I want to partner with you. 
So let's not be afraid to give referrals. Let's not be afraid to back up our missionaries because they cannot do, the, do it on their own. We have to do this together. Amen. 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 I want to pray for us. I want, I want all the students, the reason why we're doing this today is because the campus guys are going to start their service next week, Sunday. Okay? So we're sending them off with a blessing this morning. So I want all our campus uh, students to stand this morning. And even if you're not a student at UNAM or NAST or anywhere, but you're a student this year, please stand up because we want to send you with a blessing. Can you just stand? We want to pray this morning for our campus students. And wherever you are, just stretch your, your hand towards them, those who are sitting to add faith towards these students. Yes, Lord. So, Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, we lift up our students before you, Father God, as we release them to go into campus ministry, as we release them to start their campus services, oh, Father God, Lord, we pray for favor, 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 Lord Jesus. We pray for an open heaven over them, oh, Father God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that they have not, even though they, they're here this morning, it is because you have chosen them. You have raised them up for such a time as this, oh, Father God, to send them forth, oh, Father God, that they may bear faith fruit and fruit that lasts, oh Father God. We pray this morning that there will be students with a difference, shining the light for Jesus, oh Father God, that whoever encounters them will know that there's something different about them, oh Father God. They will not be caught up in worldliness, oh Father God. They will not be caught up on ideologies that have nothing to do with you, oh Father God, but they will be hungry and passionate for you, oh Father God. And Lord, we pray for increase, 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 oh Father God. We thank you for more students to be reached this year. We thank you, Father God, that their voice on the campuses will be so loud, oh Father God, because they're magnifying your voice, oh Father God. We thank you that they're not ashamed of the gospel. They're not ashamed to boast about the God they know, oh Father God. We thank you for breakthrough in their lives, oh Father God, that they will see that indeed God is with them. You provide for their every need. You protect them, oh Father God, that the evil one will not snatch them away, Father God. We thank you for family. We thank you for brothers and sisters that will lock arms together and walk together in this journey, oh Father God, that your name may be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus, we lift up our campuses before you, Father God, and we say your kingdom come, your will be done on the campuses of Namibia, oh Father God. May you raise up a generation of people that are hungry and passionate for you, oh Father God. May your fire burn on the campuses, oh Father God. Even though two people are trying to push out the kingdom of God or push out the God not to be preached, push out churches not to happen. But Father, we thank you that your work cannot be stopped by anything. For you have opened a door that no man can shut. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And we praise you for that, Father. Amen. 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 Let's just stand. Let's stand. As we close this morning, as we close this morning, I want us to remember that we are on mission for God. Wherever we are, we can never be ashamed of the gospel. There can never be the best time. We always need to be ready, ready to be used by God ready to listen to that nudging in our spirits. And we need to say, Lord, I surrender to you and I allow you to lead me 
you are my God. And so, Father, I lift up every person this morning before you, Father God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for kingdom people, oh, Father God, that are kingdom-minded, that are so hungry, so hungry to see your word reaching every nation, every tribe, and every tongue, oh, Father God, and that we will lay our lives down in whichever manner, Father God, to see this happen, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you and we praise you for that, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.